This is the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. The podcast for curious and passionate dental hygienists. Hi, Kara RDH here. Before we get started, I want to thank Listerine Brand for sponsoring this podcast audio article. If you haven't signed up for Listerine Office Essentials Program, their free rewards program for dental professionals, you should do so now. Listerine Brand is very generous with providing samples and educational materials to those who are registered. To sign up for Listerine Office Essentials Program, visit rdh.tv slash Listerine. That's rdh.tv slash Listerine. And please note, although a sponsor of this audio article, Listerine Brand and Johnson & Johnson Consumer Inc. had no input or control over the content being presented in this podcast. Now let's get to the audio article. Pathogen Classifications, Where Dentistry Has Gone Since the Complex Theory by Spring Hatfield, RDH. In 1998, Dr. Sakransky developed the complex theory where periodontal pathogens are categorized based on their association with the severity of disease. In the complex theory, periodontal pathogens have been identified and classified by color to indicate which bacteria are associated with the onset and progression of periodontal disease. The classification includes the red complex, orange complex, green complex, orange-associated complex, and an AA complex. Bacteria in the green and orange-associated complexes are considered early colonizers, They adhere to the pellicle and are necessary for the colonization of other bacteria associated with periodontal disease. The orange complex consists of bacteria that enable crosstalk between bacteria, often referred to as the bridging species. Think of them as a bridge between early colonizers and the more pathogenic bacteria that we find in the red complex. Orange complex bacteria are also associated with increased pocket depth and progressive attachment loss. The red complex and AA complex are the final bacteria that colonize and lead to the destruction of the periodontium. Without the previously mentioned bacteria in the green, orange-associated, and orange complexes, the red complex bacteria are rarely able to colonize. Sokransky's Criteria In 1890, Robert Koch developed a list of criteria to determine whether a specific bacterium was the cause of a given disease. Today, we refer to that criterion as Koch's postulates. The criteria to determine a true pathogen according to Koch's postulates includes 1. The microorganism must be found in abundance in all organisms suffering from the disease, but shouldn't be found in healthy organisms. 2. The microorganism must be isolated from a diseased organism and grown in pure culture. 3. The cultured microorganism should cause disease when introduced into a healthy organism. And four, the microorganism must be isolated again from the inoculated diseased experimental host and identified as being identical to the original specific causative agent. After reading through the criteria, it should be quite obvious that periodontal pathogens are not true pathogens, according to Koch's postulates. Therefore, Sokransky proposed a modified version to differentiate between commensal and opportunistic bacteria associated with periodontal disease. Sokransky's criteria include 1. A pathogen should be found more frequently and in higher numbers in disease states than in healthy states. 2. Elimination of the pathogen should be accompanied by elimination or remission of the disease. 3. There should be evidence of host response to a specific pathogen that's causing tissue damage. 4. Properties of a putative pathogen that may function to damage the host tissues should be demonstrated. And 5. The ability of a putative pathogen to function in producing disease should be demonstrated in an animal model. 
At the time, Sokransky's criteria were cutting edge and acknowledged that some of the bacteria previously thought to be pathogenic were commensal in certain hosts. In addition, this criterion brought to light the host response, which was not addressed in Koch's postulates. What we learned from complex theory. Since the implementation of the complex theory and Sokransky's criteria, we've learned even more about periodontal disease. Many of the criteria put forth by Sokransky have been challenged in recent years. Many question the use of the word pathogen in the criteria he proposed. Challenges and questions concerning Sokransky's criteria point out that periodontal bacteria are capable of colonizing and proliferating in only the sites that provide the proper nutritional needs and metabolic requirements. Additionally, the bacteria found in the red complex has been found in individuals with a healthy periodontium, indicating that these bacteria are also commensal. Sokransky's criteria on elimination have been brought into question, as many believe that there's no periodontal treatment that can effectively eliminate specific bacteria from the periodontal pocket. This is due to the fact that many are indigenous commensals. Eliminating all the bacteria wouldn't be beneficial, as we now know the oral microbiome is a delicate balance. An imbalance in the oral microbiome can lead to whole-body systemic diseases. The elimination of certain bacteria could cause a shift from homeostasis to dysbiosis. When considering host response and periodontal pathogens, as mentioned, there's strong evidence that many of the periodontal pathogens identified in the complex theory are commensal. They only appear to cause disease when a change occurs in the host that allows the bacteria to flourish, resulting in dysbiosis of the oral microbiome and leading to periodontal disease. The reason is currently unknown, but it has been postulated that the commensal bacteria become pathogenic due to alterations in the host. These alterations include inflammatory conditions and immune responses that make a more favorable environment for the bacteria to proliferate, leading to increased risk of disease onset and progression. Lastly, animal studies have proven to be ineffective at predicting responses in humans. Although scientists can induce periodontal disease in animal models, it's been proven to be very difficult to recover and culture the bacteria. This isn't isolated to periodontal disease. Many diseases are studied in animals that unfortunately can't be extrapolated to humans. Polymicrobial Synergy and Dysbiosis Model in 2012, the polymicrobial synergy and dysbiosis model of periodontal disease pathogenesis questioned the importance of the red complex. This model addresses the evidence that some pathogens, such as P. gingivalis, are incapable of pathogenicity alone. These pathogens require a community to become pathogenic. The polymicrobial synergy and dysbiosis model suggests there are three fundamental prerequisites for periodontal pathogens to emerge as pathogenic. One. In the formation of a diverse community, microbial components will exhibit the appropriate receptors and adhesions. Two, each representative of the community will be cooperative and harmonious. And three, the community as a whole will withstand the inherent as well as attained host immunity and add to inflammation of the periodontal tissues. Ultimately, this model shows that subgingival plaque cultured from a healthy periodontal pocket has the same potential as subgingival plaque found in disease sites to produce inflammation. However, the host immune response must be diverted by keystone pathogens, and colonization is then achieved by accessory pathogens and overactivated by pathobionts. Therefore, the pathogenesis of periodontal disease is based on polymicrobial synergy and dysbiosis. This concept has been applied to other chronic diseases, such as inflammatory bowel disease and colon cancer. These chronic diseases, much like periodontal disease, have shown no single or select few species are associated with the onset and progression of disease. 
but rather microbial communities cause pathology. New Emerging Periodontal Pathogens Recently, two gram-positive anaerobic bacteria have emerged as important periodontal pathogens, Filofactor allosis and Peptoanaerobacter stomatis. Both of these pathogens manipulate neutrophil effector functions. F. allosis has been shown to withstand neutrophil's antimicrobial response. The mechanism by which the pathogen evades the neutrophil's antimicrobial response is its ability to inhibit complement activation and prevent intracellular reactive oxygen species, ROS, production. Therefore, even if the bacteria are engulfed by the neutrophil, it's not destroyed through phagocytosis. P. stomatis also has the ability to evade phagocytosis by neutrophils when promoting cell activation. It's been shown to degranulate neutrophil granules, helping to maintain high levels of ROS, which could contribute to damaging host tissue and propagating the inflammatory response. Conclusion Although I didn't include every hypothesis or model proposed since Sikransky presented the complex theory, it's evident that as we learn more about the human body, we learn more about certain chronic diseases such as periodontal disease. At the time, Sikransky's complex theory was cutting edge and quite impressive. Since then, we've discovered that bacteria are required, but not sufficient enough alone to initiate the onset of periodontal disease. Additionally, a few novel pathogens that play a role in the onset and disease progression have since been discovered. We've also learned host susceptibility is a part of the bigger picture. Therefore, we must go beyond brushing and flossing instructions and incorporate the patient's overall health to guide the way we counsel our patients. This is an example of why it's imperative to continue to update our knowledge as new research emerges. Science is ever-evolving, and as we learn more, we must implement evidence-based practices that reflect the most current research guiding our patients to better oral health. I hope you enjoyed that audio article. Thank you again to Listerine Brand for sponsoring this episode and for their recognition of the important role hygienists play in the dental office. Join Listerine Office Essentials program now by going to rdh.tv slash Listerine. That's rdh.tv slash Listerine. Please note, although a sponsor of this audio article, Listerine Brand and Johnson & Johnson Consumer Inc. had no input into or control over the content being presented. Now go visit rdh.tv slash Listerine and join Listerine Office Essentials program now. Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.